you find yourself in the midst of an episode of March Mad Men, the show devoted to crowning the greatest haunted house film of all time. In this segment, we debate the merits of Ouija, Origin of Evil, and Ghost Stories. Which film will prevail? Let's find out. Mike Flanagan is back with Ouija, Origin of Evil, the 2016 film based on the popular Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley. Anyway, it's a board game. I am going to cough. Hold on. Uh oh, I'm gonna need a ventilator. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three. Keep, keep it in dark, John. I like that. <laughs> that's my that's my brand. Okay. This is the prequel to 2014's Ouija, which I have still yet to see. And I'm not it's not high on my priority list. It made eighty one million dollars worldwide, uh, which is shocking because I don't remember even really being that aware of it, theatrically speaking. I heard about it later, got good reviews. And it does have a cast of uh, favorites to Mike Flanagan and, and fans of his work. Elizabeth Reiser, Reiser uh, and Annalise Basso. And, of course, Henry Thomas, as Vic uh, pointed out last time. And I somehow forgot that it was him. So, in any event, this movie has developed a bit of a following. Having only seen it twice, and I was quite impressed the first time. And as sometimes the case... Less so the second viewing. I'm going to give it an overall quality of B. That's a good grade, so I shouldn't spend my whole time, you know, saying bad things about it. And I'm not going to get into it in great detail here, but I I like this movie. It's scary. I'm totally engaged by it. Uh, There's so much to like about it, as we'll get into granular detail at the categories. But it didn't blow me away, and I this is one that. At the end of the day, after the the final moments, it felt a little cheap. It's less than the sum of its parts. And if I pick apart Act 3, I'm not terribly happy about what I find. So we'll leave it at that because this is a non-spoiler podcast. But it came down a few notches, gentlemen, for me. So I am giving it a B. Uh, Rich, what's your overall grade? This one's a B plus me i'm with you that's not a bad grade i do i like this movie i feel like there's a lot that can be said about it to me i'd say that the a a good way to pitch this movie is that this movie felt like the movie that that the conjuring kind of wanted to be it's very approachable but very effective horror you know i know this is a controversial statement because not everyone's a big fan of his but it does at the end of the day feel a little bit like someone who's kind of a master of the genre at this point, who is dabbling a little below his weight class. The movie feels a little confined by the franchise, and I'm with you that the wheels kind of come off in the ending. Even though there's some effective scares there, there's just not a whole lot of logic. It's weird. I also gave it a B plus. I disagree. I actually like the third act, and I feel like this movie really builds to something that feels pretty effective. I like this movie. I like the I like the characters. I like the period setting, and I just love the idea that Blumhouse, for all their flaws, they do have this sense of okay. Parker Brothers gave us Ouija. Let's make a Ouija movie, and it sucks, but it makes money because they're Blumhouse and they know how to market shit. And so once they have a movie that sucks but makes money. They go, all right, well, we're going to make a sequel, 
And so they just give it to a, a genuine filmmaker and an artist and a person with something to say, like Mike Flanagan, and go, okay, look, like, here. All it has to have is a Ouija board. And then just just do it. Just do whatever you want to do. And I feel like he really redirected this in a way that was character-driven and interesting and scary in in all the right places. And I liked it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying, too. Yeah. I, I do have a lot of love for this movie. Um, no, no, no. You guys fucked that up. I heard what you said. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like you're you're saying things that we can't, you know, argue with. But yeah, go ahead, Rich, because I think we're on the same page. It's just like we have to get this is we're trying to find the best haunted house movie of all time here, guys. So yeah, go ahead. And this Rich. is it, Rich. The competition <laughs> is over. It's Ouija Origin of Evil. I was actually going to just talk about originality on it. I gave this one a, a B. I agree. They're doing all. They're doing a lot with a little. This movie is so much more than you would imagine you bargained for if you were told originally that you're going to go see um, the prequel to Ouija. It's sort of like a monkey paw story. It's basically like a, a be careful what you wish for. You know, the the plot centers around this uh, single mother who's raising two daughters. Um, the mom is a psychic and she is a, a fraud for lack of a better term but she's not she doesn't actually have like the gift so to speak please she rich has, she's a charlatan come on like <laughs> let's get the terminology right <laughs> um and you know in, in a manner of speaking she is given the gift in her household but uh but with but with repercussions that could not be foreseen as is always the case with a monkey paw i do like that the the, the story is driven by hope it is like the hope of like a family like really wanting to see their father again. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's ever really detailed how the father died. Uh, drunk uh, driver. Drunk driver. Oh, it was. Okay. But I do feel like, and this is sort of a hallmark of his films, and I have a little more to say about this later, but to see like horror driven by a sense of positivity, uh, it gives it a unique feel. B for originality, sorry. Well, I don't think you can say unique and give it a B. I mean, I'm giving it a B for originality, but I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, it's semantics. It's not completely original, but there are a lot of things that um, make it distinctive. We appreciate those things. I don't want to tip my hand as to where we're going with the vote, but I have a feeling we can talk about this movie in the future, and I look forward to that. But I am only giving it a B uh, because there are some really tired tropes in the movie. Tired in the context of watching 32 or actually probably 40 or you know 45 haunted house movies in the last three to five months let's just put it this way oculus does more conceptually daring things than this film i'll leave it at that okay vic what's your originality grade i gave it a b for for all the same reasons originality is just not that's not what this movie is shooting for he's not reinventing the wheel I just think it's it's more about the execution. I will say one of the movies that leapt to mind while watching this was The Unborn, the old David Goyer's uh, uh, movie that also has, let's just say, a weird uh, World War II connection. And the, to put these two movies side by side is to see the difference between competent and incompetent execution. So that, that sort of impacts the originality of it. I've seen this that idea you've seen it many other times as well but uh, the execution is really what matters here not the originality the last act while i do have 
issues with it. The explanation is weirdly specific, and the ending, like the 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 uh, the climax of the film, the way that the evil is quote unquote defeated, is very very strange. Um, I don't know that I completely buy like what they're trying to say with it, but it is a very unique way of defeating the evil that I don't feel like I've seen before. Well, I would even argue it's extremely debatable if the evil was defeated. And well, I, I have, like, well, again, we can't get into spoilers here at all, so we shouldn't get too specific. But, I mean, I think my biggest problem with the movie is not, is Act 3 cool? Because I think Act 3 is very cool. But the, the the very, very ending of the movie that we definitely can't get specific about, I just was, like, kind of feeling, this is so, like, there's no, I tried to, as we watch this, these films, we, we get so uh, microscopic in our analysis, and I just don't think it's going to make sense. I just, I think it's, it, it's very cheap, and the teen drama that, that Vic, doesn't consider a horror movie, uh, Carrie has like sort of a shock ending that you can divorce from the story that preceded it. And I feel that it's kind of a cheap ending at the end of this movie. And it took it down several notches for me because I, I feel that at the end of the day, this movie is muddling things that, that he does in his haunting of Hill house miniseries where he's trying to have his cake and eat it too, where we're, we're having like elements, and this kind of will come into a play when we talk about the orphanage, elements where, where they're trying to make you feel like, oh, well, yeah, it's kind of a happy ending. But then they undermine that in sort of a, a illogical way. I think the, end, the very ending of this movie is a fucking mess, and it takes the whole movie down a couple of notches for me. And we'll get into that in detail later. I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this, and I assume there's not much connection, but given that it's a prequel to a movie that we haven't seen, is there anything that it's actually teeing up for the, you know, for the for the story that it's supposedly leading to? Doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it, too. That's, yeah, my understanding, like I said, is that Blumhouse literally said to Flanagan, we like what you did with Hush, do whatever you want with this, as long as it's got a Ouija board, we can we can sell it. It's super gimmicky shit, and we absolutely can't talk about it until we... The next, from here on out, folks, we're going to get into spoilers. But it's, you know, the specific choices that are made, I think, undermine everything that has come before it. But it'll be interesting to talk about. I was just going to say, I, I don't know that I'd go that far, but you're right. We can talk about it later. Sorry, go ahead. Well, you're the one that really doesn't like the ending of this movie. The third act, like, the darkest hour for these characters is very effective. I didn't feel like it went off the rails in that regard. Like, we differ on that point. I'm thinking more like just the ultimate, the denouement of the film is where it loses it. Like, I'm talking like the last 30 seconds. Uh, well, I'm I'm with you. I think that it'd be this would be a more effective conversation when we could actually discuss it in detail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. You're right. So, uh, Chill Factor is a B for me. I think it's, yeah, not as scary the second time. This is one of those movies where when you don't know what you're going to see, you're really like on pins and needles. And then once you kind of realize, because you've been down the road, how scary is it? It definitely loses a little bit of its luster in that department for me. I gave it an A-. minus. I thought this movie was pretty scary. You know, you get a long run-up where there's a lot of like uh, character and world building, and you get a sense of the home life and the relationships of these family members. 
and then when it finally does take a you know a turn into the darkness so to speak it takes a hard dark turn with a pretty disconcerting demon i feel like they they do a lot with cliches in this movie you know, let's just say there's a demonic girl in it. That's probably not hard to figure out. And it uses the same uh, tropes we've seen before, milky eyes and gaping mouths. They're all cliche. But somehow they do feel fresh and effective here. Like, this is a scary movie. I gave it a B plus, And I'm, I'm right on board with everything you said, Rich. I found this, I found this very effective. Well, goddamn you. I'm like one half of a grade lower than you, so let's argue about it later. Okay. Listen, <laughs> if this is anything like terrified, we should be able to talk about it for 45 minutes. <laughs> so, badass baddies, antagonist score. B, we don't really have an on screen representation of this for the most part, other than a couple of quick, um, somewhat insidious like shots which I'm not a fan of in, uh, in general, but I think that overall, like I, I think the fact that I'm giving it a B, it, you know, speaks to the fact that there's a real menace to what's going on here. Yeah. Even without like a really iconic kind of face on the evil. So that's my grade. How about you, Vic? B plus. I feel pretty much the same way. There are times when we have a character speaking with the antagonist's voice, which is something that you find a lot. And sometimes it, it, I would even say most of the time it doesn't really work. And I just found it really scary this time. Uh, I, I, I found it really effective. I gave it an A. I feel like my answer is kind of the same as, as chill factor. It's same, same reasons there. There are the, you know, the, there are demons that appear in this thing that I, that I labeled as like black tar demons. Um, I thought that they were pretty menacing. The, the vocal effects that they were using whenever they're like whispering in the ears of people are compelling. They're just well-designed or insidious style ghosts. It's, it's all like a weird caveat. It is just like, it is like, it is a very, very well done version of that modern demonic horror movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of shared DNA, obviously, you know, with the Bloomhouse um, connection. But yeah, I, I agree. This is better than, than the Bloomhouse movies that made more money or are more high profile today. The little speech about asphyxiating someone with your hands, like choking yeah. someone to death, that's so good. So, yeah. so good. That actress is wonderful, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the little girl just nails this sort of weird combination between innocence and and darkness maybe subconsciously she is partially uh spoiler alert you know okay she's possessed right for part of the movie so she's she's the baddie and i think she's she's great so i think we have to give points to that now quality of kills stems from uh antagonist and chill factor of course and i'm going to give that a b as well and i've been pretty harsh with a lot of quality of kill grades throughout this whole process because most of these films don't really have them this movie absolutely does this is in fact a pg-13 film and it it has the whiff of that and how restrained everything is and there's a couple of key moments that as a horror aficionado like i just imagining this sort of balls to the wall version of that moment and I'll, i'll say again skirting spoilers there's a moment where somebody who might be dead briefly reanimates. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Great. It's, it, it, it's quite effective right now, but it could have been, oh, it could have been really, really good. 
really, really scary. And I feel like the the rating uh, came into play there. Uh, that's why it's a B for me. I actually gave it a C on quality of kills, Ooh. but it, I think it's it's essentially for the same reasons that it felt like there was a there there was something sort of chaste about the kills. There it does have some kills, which is nice. But I, I feel like there are some, again, it's one of those ones that's hard to get into too much, but I feel like we'll talk about it more. Uh, it, that's one of those areas where I feel like this could have been better and would have been better served by a, by a hard R rating. Agreed. Rich? Even, even, a, soft, even a soft R. Sorry, I want to be clear. doesn't need to be a hard R. Even a soft R. Uh, even a, a semi-flaccid R would have been better. Uh, a flaccid R. <laughs> I want them to die while fucking a ghost. <laughs> It's all about the ghost fucking for Vic. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I gave it a B plus for quality of kills. I, I see what you guys are saying, but I found them to be effective. I guess this really isn't part of the judging parameter, but I think it helps that you generally feel pretty invested in all the characters in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one red shirt character, and and they are certainly dispatched uh, with a pretty memorable hanging. But, you know, I, I think that it matters that you do care about the people involved in this, and the, and the deaths feel real and meaningful, and they still feel shocking, even if they are a PG-13. I even like that character, for the record. Love, yeah. Just want those out there. Hanging... Kind of a uh, kind of a trope for the haunted house film. I don't know if that extends Ooh. beyond this, but I'm, just, right. well, I'm thinking of we're gonna we're gonna get to house obviously and the conjuring. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, there's there's been some others too. That is so. a that is a low key absolute ghost you know haunted house trope there, Vic. Yeah. Good call, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh the haunting. I I sailed right past it. Yeah. I wonder if that's that. The, well, there's there's frequently frequently an element of possession involved in haunted house movies, and that possession does tend to manifest itself in characters who are forced into taking their own life. I feel like that's usually how that trope is carried out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it tends to be kind of murky how compelled they are versus whether that's how you create a ghost, you know, meaning that a suicidal person is a pretty good candidate to be a ghost. And, but yeah, I mean, some of them, we have a demon or something, you know, something motivating them to do that. But I think absolutely the, 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 the suicide generally and the hanging specifically, we need to introduce into the sort of the canon of, of mythology with this. So good call. All right, uh, I'm going to give this movie an A for directing. I uh, won't talk too much about it, but, you know, clearly Flanagan brings a lot to the table and elevates a lot of material here, and I think he does a great job. So we'll get more into that later. Uh, I give it an A. You know, this movie is very dedicated to its time period. One of the really nice touches uh, of the film is the fact that it actually has the, the cigarette burns in the in the film strip. Yeah! I you love see, that. You see the reels jump every time it, it, like, changes acts. And it, like, it is such a nice touch, and, like, it's very dedicated to its time period without being too showy. I do kind of have this feeling where I'm like, uh, at the same time, it reminds me of like when you see like distressed furniture on sale, at, like a world market. We're like, oh, you're just pretending to be something you're not. But somehow it comes off as, as incredibly charming here. I also made a note about the, the ending itself. You alluded to this earlier, John, that uh, Flanagan does really like these like sweet and sour endings. Evil triumphs a little bit, but there's also some sweetness and some redemption as well. 
that, that kind of gets trampled on by the by the dark presence. I I personally feel like he handled it well. I don't know. I look forward to getting more into the the ending later, but I like the emotional core of the climax of the film. I just changed my directing grade from a B plus to an A because I didn't notice the cigarette burns, and now I'm excited to watch it again. You didn't notice that, Vic? Were you um, in in traffic, like, somehow, if we have traffic anymore, watching this on your iPhone in the car again? I actually, I just took my phone into the car and uh, and just sat in my driveway and watched it there. Uh, no, I I was I was watching it on my laptop, and I do I actually do have to watch a lot of these movies on my phone. So take all of my directing grades with a grain of salt because sometimes I'm watching it on a two by four Android screen, and I apologize for that, but. I'm just so sad that, you know, your commuting view is, is no longer your, your, your go-to uh, experience you know, with these films. You know what? I will say this. That made my commute a fucking breeze, dude. Like, watching uh, mm-hmm. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 on my phone while I was driving was really, all of a sudden, I was home. And I was like, holy shit, what happened? Guys, remember what a what a simpler time it was when we were doing Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? Don't you feel like huge nostalgia for those days? I really do. <laughs> Somehow I had more time to watch movies then, and I don't understand how that's the case. But that's I, I am, I'm with you 100%, Vic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a surreal time, but luckily Haunted House movies are quite surreal. And uh, this is no exception. I'm going to give it a B- minus for scripts because I, I feel that it gets extremely lazy uh, at the end and tries again to have its cake and eat it too. And I don't believe there's a discernible logic to make it all make sense. And I know that's harsh because I think for the most part, I really like the way scenes are constructed and I like the the progression of the story as we get darker and darker. And I think there's a, there's some moments in this movie that I feel like, wow, we went there and it surprises you. Um, and I, I think that's great. And I think generally speaking, the mythology of the ghosts and what have you that are going on here packs a punch. And I like the way that the mystery is unraveled and I like the dialogue, but I, I just, I have such big problems with certain things down the stretch in the movie that it just kind of makes it feel like it just undermines everything that we've seen. And I was angry at the end of the film. I have to penalize it for that. So that's where I stand. Uh, Rich, what's your script grade? B plus. I got some issues, but at the end of the day, like the the bulk of this story is well done. The characters are believable. The relationships are, are there. Towards the end, I was starting to feel like the slightest bit of like echoes of like the witch in Lena's story, where I felt like this almost could have become a, a story about like kind of like coping with like adolescence and not like wanting to live in like your parents shadow. Yeah. Like I think it, it like starts to touch on ideas like that. It doesn't go fully there, but there's a lot of great themes at work in this movie. Um, again, not even in a flashy way. I feel like it's, it's very like subtle and believable. I gave it a B plus on the script as well. And John, I just want to say having, having listened to that, I, if you want, just take what you said about this script and just, just, copy it and put it down into what I'm going to say about the script for ghost stories coming up, because that's exactly how I feel about ghost stories. I may have given that movie the exact same grade, Vic, for script. (laughs) So there we go. 
Yeah, I think yeah. We, we might be on the same page there. Uh, no pun intended. All right, well, acting is an A for me. I really am knocked out by the shadings that each actor in this in this film brings to their part and, you know, sells some things that may not be the easiest. There's a weird scene, like a dinner scene, where it's like a date in this movie that, like, comes out of nowhere, and I think the actors make it totally work, for example. So, yeah, I, I really like the performances, so that's that's an easy one for me. No, no, no performance in this film is weak to me. I give it an A-. I feel essentially the same way. I, I did feel like there were a few weird notes with Henry Thomas. He gets... He gets, as he works with Flanagan, I feel like he gets better as he goes along. And he was, he was very good in this. I feel like he took a step forward by the time they did Haunting of Hill House. But otherwise, it's, I agree, everybody's great. The only other thing I'll say is, I literally was watching, the, we're like an hour into this. And I was like, hey, I was talking to my wife, like, hey, that's Carla Gugino from the, the we just watched Mr. Popper's Penguins with the kids. And I think I think Rich was somebody was like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I was like, holy shit! Like I was so one hundred percent sure Carla's in sure. Hill House and Gerald's Game and everything else. Of course, this, the the Andrea. I think that's actually his wife, Elizabeth Reiser. Reiser? Elizabeth Reiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just looking um, up. It's Kate Siegel as his wife. That oh. is, I believe, the other sister in Hill House. Gotcha. Anyways, so yeah, anyways, I was totally struck. I don't know what it is about Flanagan and similar looking brunettes. Fortunately, they're all playing family and most of them, so it works. She is, let's see, about two months younger than I am, Elizabeth Reeser. But uh, yeah, just just throwing that out there. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm wrestling with my own mortality here. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, she's a hot mom in a dusty basement. (laughs) Boom. Well done. Well done, Rich. So what's your acting grade? Uh, I give it a B plus. Uh, That's not a knock. Uh, I'm with you guys on everything. I thought everyone was very human and believable. I was kind of hoping for a better performance out of the girl from – oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that. It's the same girl from – Yeah. The older older daughter is the young girl – Yep. From Oculus. That should be that should be mentioned for sure. I don't know I don't know how many years apart those those films are. Do you do you know guys know offhand? Uh, uh yeah, I think Oculus was like twenty ten or twenty eleven, something like that. So she's she's certainly like, you know, she's she's a teenager now in this. Um I was anyways, I was hoping for a slightly better performance from her. Not that it wasn't good, but I actually just thought she for me sold it really well in Oculus. I really bought her as that. Uh, is that character, and in this film, I wasn't getting quite the same level of believability from her. 2013, but, actually. But, oh, wow. So not, not, it was only like three years apart. Yeah, she, she definitely grew up some, that's for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. But all said and done, like a great cast. I was going to say, I wanted to point out, I, I did really like the Henry Thomas scene. This may be more of a script note, but that the bit where he comes in and almost does like a reverse seance. Yeah. Where he comes in and 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 has a he has a reading done by the by the the possessed girl, 
and then sort of reveals that he was trying to trick the spirit with false answers. And I, I loved his breakdown. I thought it was just a clever way to mm-hmm. get through the exposition of like where the story was going and, and what direction it was going to take. Flanagan's performances from kids are really astonishing. Yeah, agreed. I really like this movie, and I I, I do not think that we're going to have any uh, shortage of, of interesting conversations uh, down the road. It's just that I was hoping I would feel that this should be elevated as a really serious contender, and instead it left me a little underwhelmed at the end of the day because you got to stick the landing, as we all know. So it's time for other, and that category is, uh, for me, planchette foo. I think the POV shots through that little faux crystal circle thing in the middle of the Ouija board planchette are the most visually memorable thing about this movie. And I think that there's a, an amazing inherent tension to that as they scan the room and the viewer's eye is sort of scanning the frame, looking for what might be out of place. And they, they timed some pretty good scares with that. So I think that that's a, a unique thing. Obviously, we haven't seen that in any other Ouija board movie that, again, we haven't seen all the Ouija board movies, but that was uh, quite effective and cool. So that's that's what I'm going to call out here. I'm going to give it a TV foo for the many shots of the youngest daughter just casually sitting on the sofa watching TV. That's the shot that I remember from this film is that characters, you know, she is she is ostensibly the baddie of for the for the body of this film and most of the movie she's just being seen as other characters pass through yeah, the main yeah. room of the house and just look over and see her sitting there watching various shows and there's a couple of good scares that you get where you get to see the look on her face as she's sitting there watching snow on the television this is a genre that has more than a handful of little kids staring at TVs. And I'd venture to say that this is the most effective one. Cool. Yeah. I like that, man. Uh, What's yours, Vic? I just want to point out that's another instance of snow on the TV, which I still think is a sneaky haunted house trope. I want to see if that comes up more. I was going to give it an A for something. I'm going to adopt the foo for this. I'm going to say blood Ouija board foo, just because that's something I hadn't seen before. Oh yeah. Well, you're referring to the very end of the movie. I can't. I can't. I can't elaborate. Mm-hmm. But there's blood. Blood Ouija board. Food. As much as I hate the end of this movie, part of my brain was like, "Well, that's fucking cool." So that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's go to toe to toe with the opponent for the evening, the underdog number twenty-one seed, Ghost Stories. This is a 2017 film, and um, it's based on a stage play. It's got a interesting structure, I would say. It has like it's part anthology, but I would I would venture to say that the wraparound story is much more integral to the whole experience than is usual in this type of film, and I think that kind of gives the film its heart. It got good reviews. Uh, I'm not sure how much money it made, but this is a movie with some stars in it, most notably Martin Freeman, who we all love. And it's very well produced, and I think it has some heft to it in terms of 
visual effects, cinematography, you know, generally speaking, it fits in with everything we're saying about ghost stories in general, haunted house films being a little more slick and stylish than uh, more disreputable subgenres. For me, this movie is a B. There's some really striking elements. I, I like the uniqueness that they bring to the table, both structurally with the sort of quasi-anthology format and you know the, the details, the nuances of each, of each tale. It's a well-done movie, so we'll get into more detail from there, but it's a B for me. So how about you, Vic? I agree. I gave it a B. I feel like of the anthology, I think some of the stories work better than others. I have real uh, Tale of Two Sisters-ish, but even more so issues with the third act. And I feel like that part doesn't work. I know Rich really liked that aspect of it. It's a well-put-together production. It's solid. It's a B. There's there's no shame in a B. You hear that, UK? Uh-huh. You're good people. I like what you're doing over there. It's fine. It's a B. I went B plus on this movie. God damn it, Rich. Vic, oh, sorry. Uh, Vic mentioned this movie. I mean, look, here's the, here's the thing. I really liked this movie a lot. I can feel that you guys are, are like a little tepid on it, and I can understand why. There are some there's some scripting issues that I can't really argue my way out of. Let's just say that it, it isn't, like you said, it's an anthology movie. It has a wraparound story. The thing that makes the wraparound story at the end work for me and not work for Vic, I think, involves a twist that we really just can't get into in this discussion. But it is one of those big sort of like mind bender, you know, turning the whole movie and everything you've seen so far on its head kind of twists. And for me, that really worked. I found the anthology part of it good, uh, but it's more of like a middle-of-the-road good. They felt like very sort of traditional haunting stories. They were nice. They were compact. It felt like I was reading a book of short stories. Um, Nothing really stood out to me, but this thing took off like a jet when things got weird (laughs) 30 minutes before the ending. And, yeah, the performances were strong. I agree. And and so for that, like, B-plus because – I find it to be a pretty serviceable movie with some really remarkable elements. Okay. Well, I'm giving it an A for originality because, again, I'm a soft touch in this category for this subgenre. And I think kind of like pasting together different ghost stories in this form. There's nothing about this movie that feels really cliche to me. It's a very strange and quirky movie with a lot of you know, frankly, bizarre creative choices that, that I like. So that's an easy one for me. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't look at this movie and roll my eyes and say, ah, oh, it's so derivative. So that's, that's my standard of grading. Uh, Vic, where did you land on that one? I'm a B plus on this. I felt like the anthology stories themselves were really well executed. They weren't terribly original, but... Whatever my feelings about the wraparound story and and how it's incorporated into those, it certainly qualifies as original. So, uh, yeah, B+. Rich? The only thing – so I I gave it a B plus um, as well. The the one thing I'll say about I really love the ending is that I do wish that while it does in a sense tie everything together, I wish it meant a little bit more. 
maybe I was just missing it, but like I really wanted all three of the stories to really reveal something about the bigger story. And I'm not sure that they did other than just being related. The gold standard of anthology movies is trick or treat. Yeah. Um, That is a movie that just flawlessly like wove together several different stories to where what happened in one story you know, stood on its own, but managed to impact the outcome of another story within the film. Um, and I wasn't seeing that at, that at work here. But I mean, the, the execution, again, I thought was was beautiful. Kudos for the trick or treat shout out. You're right. That is the gold standard for anthology horror filmmaking. So everybody who's listening, take note. If you haven't seen trick or treat, check it out. Well, I, I might put a vote in for creep show, but yeah, sure, sure. Shut the I realized that I might be getting old when I, I watched uh, trick or treat and I had a you know, somewhat tepid reaction to it, but I understand. I like, I dig the interweaving of the storylines and the payoffs. Okay. So chill factor B plus for me, uh, I, I actually, uh, that's a high grade for me because I don't find most of these haunted house movies very scary. Actually, this one unnerves me. It really does get under my skin. I think there's just sort of a ugly, gritty, in-your-face unpleasantness under the surface of this movie that I, I find genuinely unsettling. It's an uncomfortable watch in, in a good way. So for me, a B-plus is a very high grade in the subgenre. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like you're actually being really generous to this uh, movie for you. Well, don't worry. There's plenty. There's there's more categories to come. <laughs> B plus. I feel like the first two stories, like I said, were, were well done, but kind of boilerplate. The third chapter that's about a guy like retelling the the story of. I forget the the baby's not born yet, right? Well, yeah, his, his wife is pregnant uh, late in life, and uh, things go terribly wrong while he's at home and she's in the hospital. Right. The, the haunting of the nursery in that I found very unnerving. There's there's some chills at the end that I found just absolutely gripping. But yeah, B plus for me. This is it was solid. I gave it a B plus as well. I actually find the second story to be the the more underwhelming of the three. Oh not yeah, kind of sort of the wraparound story. I, I actually genuinely dislike that story. I just want to say right now. I thought some of the performances in it were good, and and that that'll sort of factor into the acting, but. Well, of course, that kid is awesome. Like, he's a very yeah. good actor. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think I could say this without giving anything too much away, and especially since this probably isn't going to come up again. There is a motif of, like, ghostly dead things creeping up on someone and then sticking a finger in their mouth yeah. that made my skin crawl. And that's – you get a lot of points if you can make my skin crawl – Especially if you can do it twice. Totally agree. I, I mean, I wouldn't have put my finger, ah, no pun intended, on, <laughs> <laughs> on that. But, like, yeah, that is exactly the kind of moment that I, I was talking about where this movie genuinely, it's, it's icky, you know, and I, I love that. That's what I want from the genre. So, yeah, all right, we all gave it a B plus. So I, I, I found that whole moment, by the way, that, that whole transition where, you know, without – giving any of it away, the whole transition where the protagonist is, is, a, is approached by that creature and then and is sort of like transitioned from one space to the next and then 
you know, it's kind of revealed what the finger in the mouth means. And I, I don't know, I found that whole bit kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I, I dug it too. I rolled with that. So badass baddies, our antagonist score. I do have to give it a C because it's hard to quantify exactly. This is not really a movie about antagonists. And I didn't love the representation of them. I don't think that's, weirdly enough, as scary as I found the movie. I I can't say I'm really scared of, you know, this ghouly creature, this this specter, this whatever, specifically. It's very amorphous to me. And and the ones that we do see at the end, I'm not going to, like, I like it, and I'll comment on that later. But it's late to the party, and I'm not blown away by the execution of it. So, yeah, I'm just, C sounds terrible, but to me it's just, it's, it, I mean average. So, Vic, what's your, what's your score? I gave it a B. I found, uh, I'm going to say, the A and D antagonists really unsettling, and I found B and C sort of met. So... A's for A and D, B's for C. Anyways, <laughs> you're totally confusing everyone right now. I don't Vic. know if I agree or disagree with Vic. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. That's not the part where this is really remarkable. Um, but yeah, I, I second y'all's reviews. I think I don't know what Vic said. <laughs> <laughs> At least, like you know, number one antagonist gets an A, and then, but okay, so. <laughs> I, look, I'm gonna, I, guys, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it together on a dry erase board. I'll post a picture of it so everybody can follow. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And by the way, I kind of disagree. It didn't. The first one, other than the finger in the mouth thing, uh, didn't didn't do that much for me. But whatever. So quality of kills is a C for me. That's not a big part of this movie, as it's usually not in the subgenre. There's a big standout kill for lack of a better term in the midst of the film, but it's not something that really garners value beyond uh, the first viewing that that might be harsh, but that's where I land on that. Rich, what's your quality of kills? That's funny. I gave it an A uh, just for that showstopper kill. I think yeah. your argument to like, it doesn't hold up to a second viewing. I can, I can see why the, sh- the shock value of it is a big part of it, but that shock value is worth a lot. Uh, if you've only seen the movie once. Yeah, fair enough. Dick? I gave it a B for all the same reasons. All right. Well, yeah, we perfectly figured it out. There it is, the <laughs> band. <laughs> Everyone knows exactly how to view that uh, yeah. if you haven't seen the movie. So uh, directing, yeah, I'm usually extremely generous here, and I guess it sounds harsh to give it a B, but I, don't, I honestly don't think so. I think this is a, a, a well-directed movie. But I didn't feel that I was in the hands of a master is my only kind of uh, critique. But I think these guys, uh, the duo, are, are very promising and talented. So, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a B. How about you, Rich? Yeah, I went, I went uh, B plus. I agree. There's there's a few parts that struck me, but the, the bulk of the movie didn't. I will say, you know, the, the way that the movie, uh, let's say, changes its POV – um, in some dramatic ways towards the end, I thought was handled really well. And that's no easy task, so it gets points for that. I gave it a B, and I took points away because I felt those changes in POV were not handled so well. So, there you go. Well, that's a good segue to the script, because that's really where 
that choice originates and that that plot turn. And as we alluded to with the last movie, uh, these two combatants both get a B minus for me on the script level. And yes, I don't feel that while we have an audacious twist, I don't feel that it was particularly well set up and the payoff doesn't totally land for me. And at the end of the day, I feel this movie, it doesn't coalesce into something that I am as fascinated by as I wish I was. So without getting into further spoilerific detail, yeah, this is a negative against the film. I'm giving it a B minus. And I think since Vic is somewhat on the same page here, uh, what, what, what comments do you want to offer? For all, for all the same reasons, I gave it a C. There are the, some of it is is very well executed. There's actually a scene at the end of the first act that involves the a priest that I think is an exceptional yeah. scripting scene that I that I really liked and, and really teases out some of the themes. But you either buy the end or you don't, and it's and I don't I don't fault Rich for buying it. I'm glad it worked for him. It didn't work for me, so. You know, they, they swung for the fences. I will give them that. They swung for the fences. And, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work for me, but it, uh, it works for other people. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, Richard. You're not an idiot because of that, I promise. But I, I will say I also gave it a B- minus because as mm-hmm. I, I'd say my review yeah. is, pretty, is pretty down the line with John's where I really it – it was, it was a roller coaster. I thought I got a real thrill out of watching it. I'd probably chalk that more up to directing – I thought they handled the, the transition well, but I agree. I, in retrospect, I was kind of disappointed when I realized that the whole was not really much more than the some of its parts. Did you guys notice there's a scene in the second story where he's walking up the stairs to the kid's room and there's a picture on the wall that he pauses at that ties into that twist at the end? Did you guys catch that? I, I noticed the parka, yeah, in the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that I just thought that I thought that was a cool touch. I feel like that's the one thing in the script that kind of ties it all together, but there wasn't enough of that. Well, that's the thing is that it all feels very superficial. Yeah, there's no de- there's no deeper story at play, at least that I picked up on. No, I didn't either. Yeah, that's the real yeah. problem. Yeah. And that's disappointing because it's it seems like a very well thought out story. And Martin Freeman's role, like throughout the movie, like sort of changes over time, and you feel like you're supposed to be garnering this like bigger connection between things than than ultimately there really is. Yeah. So that was that was a disappointment. I mean, when you look at a gold standard for this type of thing, um, I, I think of immediately Hereditary, where every little detail has some kind of payoff you know and it it might be a subtle payoff and and it might be mysterious which is great but you know there are so many little clues and you know it's all part of a carefully woven tapestry that's just not the case here at least not you know discernible to the eye so i'm giving it an a for acting I, i just i can't pick out any performance that i would take issue with i think everyone really brings something to the table so that's my answer there I liked Annie Nyman, the the lead. He was a little flat. The supporting cast is is excellent. Considering that that guy, by the way, is the 
co-writer and director, I gave him a little extra um, props on that. Like, if he had just been a mercenary actor, maybe I'd be a little harsher. But I kind of love that he fucking, you know, co-wrote and directed this movie. I mean, it's kind of a weird parameter to, to judge acting by. But, uh, yes, you're right. I mean, credit where credit's due, I, I agree. And I don't think he did a bad job. Um, it's just that he... Being surrounded by stronger actors, I guess, you know, maybe like overshadowed him just a little bit. But again, these aren't like heavy, heavy hitters either. Um, but Alex Lawther and, and Martin Freeman in particular do kind of like take the scenes and run with them. I do feel like Eli Roth continues to get work as an actor largely based on everybody going, huh, for a director, he's not a bad actor. Uh, except he is. He's a terrible actor. Please, please stop casting Eli Roth and things. I gave it a B plus. Agreed all the way around. So my judge's choice category is Parka Fu. I got a real kind of ghost of Christmas past vibe off of that. And I thought it was effective. And they definitely tease it out for a while before you get to see what's inside that parka. And I will say as many issues as I have with the script, I think the the little backstory, the moment from the past that we get is pretty, pretty effective explaining that character, that ghost's role and everything. Yeah, it's definitely a strong image uh, that's put to good use. So that, that, that lingered with me. That's my category. A little touch of flatliners to that too. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it an A for one of, one of the most shocking deaths that I've seen in a movie in a long, long, long time. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm juxtaposing that with an F for almost everything that happens after. To, to be honest, like the fact that it's not someone getting hit by a, a vehicle, a large vehicle coming from yeah. out of frame, big points for that. Big points for that. Which is going to happen in the next mm-hmm. movie we talk about. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> All right, Rich. Bird boo. Not a coronavirus reference. <laughs> um, the movie has a has a runner uh, visual that it starts with, and that you see several times, like during the act breaks, where you're staring out a window and you see a bird uh, run into the window, and you don't learn the meaning of it until the final frame of the movie. Um, I'm not saying it's an especially inventive technique, but I did find it mildly intriguing. And at the end, it was just a reminder that I really enjoyed the wild ride that eventually leads you to the explanation behind that image. Nice. Yeah, I, that wouldn't have occurred to me, but that's the kind of detail that this movie does bring to the table. Uh, I'm not really sure how close this contest is, but let's let's play it out. Who knows? It could be surprising. Rich, uh, what's your choice? Ghost Stories, our 21 seed, versus Ouija Origin of Evil, number 12. Who wins? To be totally honest, just looking at this on paper, I would call this the toughest decision I've had to make so far in this competition. Grades aside, I really enjoyed the experience of watching Ghost Stories a lot. And maybe that's more about the environment I watched it in. And I wasn't expecting to really like Origin of Evil. I'd seen it a couple of years ago. I liked it, but I wasn't blown away. Um, and I did really like my viewing of Origin of Evil this time. So this is a real tough one to to weigh. But at the end of the day, I do feel like one of these movies did have a little more depth to offer and has a little more to explore 
and had a little more of a human touch with his characters and storylines, and that was Ouija, Origin of Evil. Thank you, Rich. Well said. Yes, the human and the character aspects of Ouija really set it apart, I think, from ghost stories. And that's this is one of those instances where the juxtaposition really brings that out because you're dealing with an anthology film where they, the character development is is just handled much differently. But you're still left in a place where you're just not as invested in the, the characters and, and those sorts of things. Yeah, this is this is Ouija Origin of Evil all the way. You know, I gave these two films such similar grades that if I was just going on paper, this would be a really tough call. Yeah, if we ascribed a number to each letter grade, they might be a tie uh, because, you know, they have different strengths and weaknesses, but I think it all kind of evens out. But emotionally, which is always my my guide and my determinant, um, is if it mattered, because uh, you guys basically decided it, I would I would also go with Ouija. Um, because I think these are two flawed films, but the sharper one prevails. I do think that Ouija has a better sense of what it is, what it's going for, and it delivers on that. And it also has a darkness to it, even though that might be undermined or mitigated by the confusing muddle uh, towards the end. I think this is a movie that I do at the end of the day like more, but man, I, I, this is this is a tough one for me too because I really ghost stories is fucking creepy, and I don't know what to do with it. And I think that's that's an interesting. I, I like movies like that. I just feel like it's the kind of movie that, like, when October rolls around, and God willing, you know, people are over at my home again, and we want to put something on to just sort of like enjoy the season. Like, I would reach for ghost stories easily as something to like recommend to people. Yeah, just not thick. I'll watch it for an hour, Rich, and then I'll and then I'll go in the kitchen and cook, and it'll be fine. That sounds like that's like a good plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, originality for me is an A, and Ouija is a B. So, I mean, I think that, that that's a meaningful category. But I think we made the right choice at the end of the day. Well, alrighty then. That's another matchup in the books. Next time, the orphanage faces house. I'll leave you with this. If you ever hear a strange voice in your house that says, Get out! My advice is you do just that. 